Tonight we're joined by Barbara O'Neill, a nutritionist who's here to help us become just a little bit more healthy, we hope. The good news is you can start the very next time you put food into your mouth. Barbara, welcome to Time to Talk. Hi. I'd like to leap straight into it uh, tonight, Barbara, if we could. We have some, we're here to give some quick and easy tips to improve our nutrition. So when we wake up tomorrow, this is a nighttime show, tomorrow when we wake up, what's the very first thing we can change? What's the optimal way to start off our day? The very best way to start the day is with a glass of water because it's probably the most dehydrated time of the whole day. We actually lose a few glasses of water overnight. So we need to rehydrate before we even eat, is that right? That's right, but there's another little tip that's essential to properly hydrate the body and that's a pinch of Celtic salt. Celtic salt has 82 minerals in it. Himalayan salt is a similar one. These are salts that retain all their minerals and when you put that pinch on your tongue and then have a glass of water, the three magnesiums in that salt actually shoot the water into the cell. Wow, it's called Celtic salt, is it? Or Himalayan salt. Mm. You, you want a, a salt that's not refined. Okay, so we've had our Celtic salt, Himalayan salt, and we've had our glass of water. What's the next step? Should I mean, some people suggest we shouldn't even be eating a huge meal in the morning, but I've heard other people say that's when you should have your biggest meal yeah. of the day. But what, what's the story from a nutritionist's point of view? Well, you know, the best way to, to start it, to plan your morning is to plan it the day before because one of the only ways you can really get up with a spark is to go to bed early. And the old adage that says breakfast like a king, lunch like a queen, tea like a pauper is important. So if you have tea like a pauper, you've got an appetite in the morning. A lot of people don't feel like breakfast because they've eaten too much or too late at night. Okay, so really we're going back to the night before is all important, okay? So so we shouldn't go to bed feeling full is what you're telling us. No, you see, when we sleep, every organ in the body should be sleeping too. That includes the stomach. So it shouldn't be working overtime. No. So when we go back to the breakfast, what should our breakfast include? Um, Can I just go back a step further? Mm, Please do. Drinking in the morning and then the best thing to do next is exercise. Okay. Now, some mothers can't do it because little ones at home, so Pilates workout on the floor or football. Ideally, at least 15 minutes and um, preferably about half an hour. And what that does, it, that gets the lymphatic system, the, uh, the blood, and also every single cell in the body working at a higher and a better rate, which will get you far more efficiently the whole day. Tell me if I'm mad. When I've had those occasional times, and I wish it was more routine than this, they are occasional times, though, where I've got up, I've had some water, and then I've gone for a jog before I've eaten. The funny thing is, I might have been hungry and wanting breakfast before I went, but you force yourself to go for your jog. By the time I get back, I'm often not hungry anymore. That's right. Is that normal? I'll tell you why. Because inside your muscle cells are little storages of glucose called glycogen. They're quick-release glucose stores. And so when you start to exercise, they're released, and they're like little pockets of glucose that gets fed straight into the energy cycle in the cell. To actually feed your body, feed and fuel your body. And and it's it's in the muscle, and it goes straight into that energy cycle in the muscle, so you've got instant energy. We're creating a good routine here. So we've got up, we've had our salt and our water, we've gone for our Pilates or our jog or 15 minutes of exercise. What do we eat? There's more. There's more. Okay. We can't eat yet? No. Okay. All right. Barbara's a strict woman, I'm finding. What do we do next? Ideally, then you have another glass of water and then you go in to have a shower. 
Okay. If you don't need a shower, you haven't exercised properly. You're not going to tell me it has to be ice cold or anything like that, are you? Not yet. (laughs) (laughs) That comes later, does it? You start with a nice hot shower. Okay. And then when you're really nice and warm, you turn the hot tap off. And you only have to have 10 seconds cold. Wow. So you do prescribe to this. I had a feeling you might be one of these. <laughs> not, <laughs> tell me what it does, though. What's the benefit? Not everyone's got what I've got, the creek. You've got the Oh, you jump into the creek, do you? Every morning after our exercise, and it is fantastic. So if you can't do that, next best thing is the icy shower, right? I'll tell you what, forget the coffee for a lift in the morning. This is phenomenal. Yeah, you wake up and oh, after you get out of a shower, you'd be oh, all tingly, I suppose. In fact, it's addictive. It's so good. Is that right? <laughs> You're not just a glutton for punishment, are you, Barbara? No, it's so good. Is it actually good for you, though, to do that? It is. What it does is... Um, cold is one of the best tonics in the body and we're warm-blooded creatures so when cold touches us the body goes whoa danger enemy because you know if we if we lay in cold water for half an hour we can just about die because our whole body starts to run down so whenever cold touches our body cold water the body reacts Mm. and hydrotherapists people that use water therapy they use that cold as a as an amazing remedy so it's a tonic wow and i also uh, read this morning that uh, i know this is a slightly separate topic but extreme cold icy cold actually burns fat too apparently and they did studies in the 70s or maybe accidentally found that kids who sucked on icy poles actually had narrow cheekbone or cheeks (laughs) because they're actually killing fat and see what it is the body sees it uh, as a as a danger and it reacts and it's that reactionary Mm. effect that gets everything moving fast it's almost like an enemy's coming let's move it you moved into shock okay understood are we at breakfast yet? Yes. Okay, finally we're here so we can eat. And you've earned it. You sure have. You've basically been chased by a bear, so <laughs> the body's feeling all ready to go. So what do we eat? What is the right fuel to put you in know, our body? You know, a great way to start breakfast is fruit. Okay. You know, breakfast, yep. break fast. You're breaking your fast. You haven't eaten all night, and fruit is a great way to start the day. Mm-hmm. Now, the three essential food groups should be contained in the breakfast, whether that be a smoothie or whether it be a sit-down-and-eat meal, and that's fibre. And your highest fibre foods are your vegetables and your fruit. Most people far prefer fruit for breakfast, and I certainly do. And the other food group is your protein. We need protein because, remember, we're eating breakfast like a king. We're fueling up our living machinery at the beginning of our journey, and our journey is a day, is the day. So protein, and the third food group is fat. Fat is not the enemy. Fat is our friend. I'm glad you're <laughs> saying that up front because I'm going to be asking you all about fat. That's in, good. In it's one moments. of my favourite topics. How do you get fat uh, in your breakfast, though? How do you get fat in a your breakfast? A bit of bacon? Is that what you're talking about? <laughs> Oh dear, Barbara's choking. <laughs> Don't mention the B word, whatever you do. <laughs> well, no, how do you, no, how no. do you get the fat? Is it through yogurt, for example, maybe? You could do it in yogurt, but don't go anywhere near those fat frees. Mm-hmm. You want a nice full cream. They don't taste good anyway. No, they don't. Mm. And to make them taste good, they pack it full of sugar, which in the long run dumps a really dangerous fat in your tissues. Mm-hmm. Now, the if you are having a smoothie, you might put coconut cream in. Okay. Which makes the smoothie taste fantastic and it's an Last excellent cream. cream. Yeah. 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 And 
um, if you were eating, it might be nuts and seeds. And with your smoothie, you might put chia seed, uh, linseed, flax or flax seeds, mm. nuts in there. If you're eating, you might do your, your nuts and your seeds. Um, let me tell you what I had for breakfast this morning. Okay. I had a nectarine and I had a peach and I had some dark grapes. I had some chia seeds. I had some almonds and Brazil nuts. And then I had a slice of sourdough toast. We've got a wonderful bakery in Port Macquarie called Burkhardt that does the most beautiful tradition sourdough ba- breads. On top of that, I had about a dessert spoon of oil. Love my olive oil. So just straight? Straight on the bread. And then I sprinkled about a third of a teaspoon of cayenne pepper on my toast. And then I put avocado on my toast. And then I put savoury brown lentils. Mm. They mm. were cooking while I was climbing mountains and diving in creeks. And then when I come back, I rinse them and put oil and fresh herbs and some Celtic salt in. So a lot of people are going to say that they just don't have the time for all of this. It sounds great. It sounds delicious. And I I subscribe to it. But I'm imagining me. I don't have time to cook while I'm climbing the mountain in the morning. I've got to get kids to school. That's right. Et cetera, et cetera. So let me me tell you a really good option. Mm -hmm. And at Misty Mountain, I always go through this with our guests when they're leaving. We look at breakfast options. So let me give some breakfast options that are quick and easy. You've got the good bread because you've got this great baker down the road. You might just have um, avocado and tomato on your bread. You mm. might have a organic egg, which are your best eggs, mm. that's been lightly uh, poached. Or you might open some organic baked beans or you might have some savoury lentils out of a tin. So there are a few options. Now that's a higher protein breakfast than most people are used to. Most people are used to cereal, put the milk on, yeah. goes like wet tissue paper, shovel it down in 10 minutes, run out the door. Yeah. But in two hours they're hungry again. Well with this breakfast you are not hungry till lunch. That sounds perfect. Um, Barbara, a nutritionist once told me, or a nutritionist in training that the easiest way to know if your body is being fueled correctly is actually to think of the toilet she she told me that the way the food passes out of your body holds all the clues was she right (laughs) (laughs) yes yes it's an area we Aussies don't talk about very much no but we have uh, she claims we should and she also claims we should be inspecting what we leave behind for further clues it's not a bad idea to have a little glance Mm -hmm. tell us why Dr Kellogg very famous doctor who wrote many books on health he said three intakes of food a day should equal three evacuations a day is that right that's right okay that's right and uh let let me give a few tips okay uh it shouldn't be um it shouldn't be totally liquid it shouldn't be like rabbit pellets it should be a soft mound slightly formed and if you can see little bits of broccoli and tomato, you're not digesting properly. Wow. So what could that be a sign of? If you can see pieces of food in what you're leaving behind, why isn't it digesting would, properly? Because broccoli and tomato, that's good stuff, isn't it? It is very good. But it's getting wasted by the sound of it. It is very getting good stuff, but it shouldn't look like that mm. when it comes out the other end. It should be inside of you. Mm. I would like to suggest maybe the person's not chewing enough. Okay. And I would also like to suggest maybe there's low hydrochloric acid level levels in the stomach so they're not digesting properly. And if it's difficult to go to the toilet, again, not the most pleasant subject, but that that is a, a could be a clue or a sign that uh, uh, something's not right with the diet. Yeah, that can be an, that can be another sign. Um, 
many people are constipated because they're not drinking enough water. You see, one of the main functions of the colon is to take water out so stools are formed. Mm. And if a person is dehydrated, then more water gets taken out than should be taken out, and that's where we get the cement, the rabbit pellets. And most people go to the supermarket and buy some probably uh, chemically made product (laughs) to actually help the digestion. And it always seems strange to me that that's done because surely nature can take care of this somehow. So what are some tips for people who are a bit clogged up? Okay, what you can do if you're a bit clogged up, very important to eat to eat high fiber foods. Uh, so keep away from your refines. Mm. Fruits and vegetables are your best fiber foods. Yep. Uh, drinking two to two liters of two two and a half liters of water a day between meals. If you drink with your meals, you can actually water down your hydrochloric acid. Okay. That's why it's best. As I first talked about the breakfast, or what to do in the morning, is to drink before your meal. We're going to have some more tips coming up, Barbara, but first I'd, I'd like to get what your take is on this because we've we've discussed nutrition on this show quite a few times with a number of amazing people who've come through the region. Western society, it's, we are so affluent, we're so wealthy, and we're really so spoilt compared to generations that have gone past. How have we ended up in such a mess when it comes to our diet? I'm talking obesity, food allergies, heart disease, diabetes. Where have we gone so badly wrong? Do you know, I think um, I think it's very much uh, the allopathy, the drug therapies that have come in. Oh, really? And you're also looking at a few generations. For instance, let me give you a scenario. Let's say we've got a lady who's 50. Uh, in her teenage years, she had antibiotics every couple of years. She was on the pill. She's a baby boomer. Nearly every baby boomer was on the pill. Both antibiotics and the contraceptive pill interfere with gut flora. Now, when she gives birth to her baby, when a baby is in utero, they're sterile. And when a baby comes through the vaginal canal coming out into the world, that baby takes on the mother's flora or healthy bacteria. Now, if the mother has a compromised flora because of pearl antibiotics many years, that baby will be born with a compromised gut flora. So the cycle begins. And so the cycle begins. Now, let's say that's the baby of a baby boomer. That baby will now be in her 30s. And she will be giving birth to babies who also have compromised gut flora. And that gut flora is very responsible for breaking down of food. So what have we got now? We've got gluten intolerance. We've got irritable bowel syndrome. Mm. People aren't digesting and storing their food properly. Seems to be every third person these days. Oh, yes. I, I find it myself. The other is fast society. No time to stop. No time to plan a meal. It's just grab what you can. That's why I said early, pour the cereal into the bowl, pour the milk on, goes like wet tissue paper, shovel it down, out the door in 10 minutes. Not it's good n- enough. It's no time. And really, what's when people are doing that, living in the moment, doing what they can to make the day more efficient. What are they doing in the long term to their health and to their children's health? In the long term, I tell you what we're seeing. We're seeing ladies in their 40s and 50s who are deteriorating. Now, we should be seeing peak athletes in their 50s. 
people are deteriorating too young. I just had two young girls do my program, both uh, both in their 20s, both serious illnesses. And I think, wow, what's happening? Mm. You know, 20s should be surely the prime of life. Actually, I think 40s, 50s should be the prime of life. But how often 40s and 50s, people are deteriorating, mm. deteriorating uh, too young. And, and, and we can tie this very strongly and firmly back to nutrition and diet. Absolutely. Hippocrates said, let food be your medicine and medicine be your food. It's mm. You see, what we put into our bodies is actually the very ingredients for the structure of our DNA, for our cell, for our brain. Mm. And when I look at some supermarket trolleys, I think, whoa. Isn't it scary? Isn't <laughs> it scary? scary. Yeah. Mm. yeah. We need people to be walking around the perimeter of the supermarket, yeah. not down the aisles, right, <laughs> yeah. where all the bad stuff is. <laughs> Give us some more tips too, uh, Barbara. I mean, you, you, I'm, as a nutritionist, what else beyond breakfast uh, can people do to just make some simple changes? Because what I worry about when I have a conversation with someone as amazing as you and so knowledgeable as you is that people can feel rather overwhelmed. They might know and identify with what you're saying and think, that's me, that's me. And I'm part of that. I I do my best, but I'm hearing a lot of myself in what you're saying. So what are some simple basic changes to to try and take, let's stay positive, what are some simple changes people can make? Now, you picked it up a little earlier. We've really got a plan for tomorrow today. And the only way you can eat tea like a pauper is if you've eaten breakfast like a king and lunch like a queen. And some people say, how can I possibly eat breakfast like a king? I'm in a hurry. Well, that's where your smoothies can come into it. And your smoothies have got to have those three essentials, your fiber, your proteins and your fats. I will take you all the way to lunch. I'm not interested in eating every couple of hours. I've got things to do. Mm. And so at lunchtime, a lot of people say, but I'm working. How can I eat a decent lunch? Again, a smoothie might work or what you've got to look at is those three essentials. And many people go to the non-essential, which is the high carb, Mm. your sandwiches, your pies, your rolls. But if you're in town, you've got things like sushi. Yes, it has rice, but it has high minerals in the seaweed and the the middle things. A better alternative. Yeah, and you can get salads quite easy. So there's your fiber, but you've got to look at your fats. As a vegetarian, I'd advise... Uh, tofu, I'd advise um, hummus, I'd advise nuts, seeds, olives. And it tastes good too, doesn't tastes it? Tastes fantastic. It might take a little while to get adjusted to if you have never had a diet like that, if mm-hmm. your parents raised you on you know, everything that coming out of a packet. But once you yeah. get used to it, it's good stuff. Oh, it is good stuff. Our guests that come to our retreat, they're shocked at the taste of our food because yeah. it is phenomenal. Yeah. Because I maintain food should contain two things. It should be as such as it will build strong, healthy cells. Mm. And number two, it should taste phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. It should taste fantastic. Yeah, life's too short to be eating flavourless food, isn't it? It is. It and is. nature provides us with plenty of flavour. I just stay with my two boys in Brisbane, um, big, strong builders. And mum always cooks them a big pot of lentil stew. <laughs> but, you know, you've got to Lucky know how boys. to make lentils taste nice. And Yes, because and I tell you what, there's many people who've gone awry with a bag of lentils. I'm one of them. Yeah. wasn't pleasant. <laughs> well, you know what you do? You don't go light on the oil. Okay, be generous. And, the, and it's got to be very good quality olive oil, cold pressed. And, and soak them, right? Uh, soak them overnight, yeah. rinse them very well. That might have been my impatience that <laughs> brought everything to a bad halt. <laughs> Listen, we often hear that sugar, salt, saturated fats, that they're the worst of the foodie bad guys. Are they still seen as the enemies of a good diet? Not to me. 
but in some nutrition circles, and I would like to suggest that the nutritional circles who are, who are influenced by the multinationals. But let me give you some facts. Salt is essential. It is the third most essential nutrient needed for life. Our, the baby swims in seawater in the gut. We cry seawater. We sweat seawater. Mm. We need that salt because when you're sweating and losing body fluids, you must replace them. But you'd agree there has to be a balance with that, correct? Absolute balance. And mm. we need to take sodium into our body, the way it's found in nature, which it, with all its minerals. So the table salt on the supermarket shelf, your doctor's right, it's dangerous. Mm. But the whole salt with all of its minerals in balance, that's actually essential. Mm. And it can actually get blood pressure down, whereas your refined salt can get it up. Now, the next one was sugar. Mm. Is sugar as bad as they say? No, it's worse. Wow. It's worse. I've got a little article by I found in the newspaper by three um, professors calling it a killer drug. Sweet poison. Sweet poison. We've got another book called Sugar Blues mm. because it gets you up only to pull you down and mm. give you the blues. Nothing wrong with sugar cane. It's the pure crystallized acid that's extracted from it. It's a quick fix. It's like a... Uh, buy now, pay later. There's your sugar. What worries me when I hear people say that sugar is dangerous, and I've got no doubt that it is in the sense that you're talking about it, but sugar occurs naturally in fruits and, and vegetables, for example. So That's right. do we need to define what sugar is dangerous and what we, isn't? We certainly do. Yeah. Uh, in fruits and vegetables, as in the sugar cane, it's all bound up in fibre. Okay. And fibre causes a slow release. Of the glucose. This is the low GI business that yeah, we're coming back yeah, to, whatever that's you want to call it. Yeah. Whereas when a person takes refined sugar, it's it's like a dump truck load full of glucose was dumped into their bloodstream. Their mm. blood sugar levels go sky high. Brain goes overload, pancreas quick release the insulin. And that cycle goes on and on and on. Mm. And your pancreas wears out, there's your diabetes, there's your insulin resistant. So the basic message on sugar is let it be part of your diet but through natural foods, correct? It's as simple as that, isn't it? It absolutely is. Uh, Talk to me about superfoods or the so-called superfoods. We're talking, I believe, about all kinds of berries, grains, seeds. I've had a love affair with just about all of them at one time or another, as so many amateurs like me do. Is it right to call some of these foods superfoods? It is. Now, your berries, your blackberries, blueberries, cherries, they, being their colour, the colour of blood, they're excellent for blood. And all dark fruits and vegetables and legumes are are much higher in antioxidants. And all your berries are low on the glycemic index, so they give a nice, steady, slow release of glucose. So your berries are a superfood. Now, there was one question before that I didn't answer. You mentioned saturated fat. Yeah, now I know you wanted to pick up on that. Yep, tell Uh, me about it. So what am I talking about it for now Mm. in the superfoods section? Okay, how come? (laughs) I'm sure there's a link. (laughs) It's a saturated fat in the form of coconut cream. Coconut oil is a superfood. You just picture Captain Cook landing on those South Pacific islands, being confronted with the most magnificent specimens of humanity he'd ever seen. The Mm. men were tall, strong, agile. The women were gorgeous. Mm. And what did they eat every single meal? Coconut. And that's saturated fat. 
Yep. Wow. Now, the fact is, uh, chemically and scientifically in the body, the body hates storing saturated fat. It loves burning it as fuel. Mm. Now, one of the problems with your saturated animal fats is a lot of the environmental poisons that come into animals are stored in those saturated Mm. fats. So you're far better to go to your vegetarian saturated fats, which is your coconut cream, coconut oil. Bruce Five, he's written about five excellent books on coconut oil and you can find his work. and So saturated fats have been demonised unfairly by the sound of it. Uh, Un- absolutely unfairly. Let me give you a very quick story about the farmer who got coconuts cheap to fatten his cows. Sure. Well, after a few weeks, they started bounding around the paddock. They'd become more muscular, less fat on the coconut. And wow. that's what human beings will do. Because it's energy, correct? It is. Your body yeah. loves burning saturated fat as energy. Which is why so much of this conversation is intertwined with exercise, isn't it? Because it's all very well to fuel our body well, but you've got to be expending that fuel as well. If you want to eat, you've got to work for it. Mm. As a nutritionist, what are some of the foods commonly found in the average Australian home that you would just love to see outlawed altogether? Because they're dangerous, because they're toxic, because they cause a deterioration of the brain cells and a deterioration of the body. Refined sugar, Mm. alcohol. Most people aren't aware that from 1920 to 1933, alcohol was banned in America. Prohibition, yeah. And uh, the figures are that the mental institution's occupancy dropped to about 8%. Jails were nearly empty. The, uh, and everyone dom- was very boring and <laughs> domestic abuse nearly dropped. <laughs> I'm like many of the listeners. I, I'd be I, I hurt. I ache a little bit when I hear alcohol on that list. <laughs> yeah. Can alcohol be had in moderation, in your view? I have to be honest. It is a neurotoxin, which means it kills brain cells. Okay. And I personally don't drink, but I must also add, I have a very happy life. <laughs> <laughs> Fair and enough. I think it's a pity that people depend on that like a crutch mm. to be able to talk, to be able to have fun, because uh, we have a lot of fun. And we don't drink. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, fair enough. I'll take that on board. So you've got your alcohol, your refined sugars. And when you talk about refined sugars in the home, that that refers to so much of the stuff that's in most cupboards, doesn't it? it? Because it it refers to your chips, your chocolates, your icy poles. Yeah, it does. Um, When I stayed with my boys last week, my son said, Mum, have one of these. And he got an icy pole he'd made out of the freezer by pouring juice into a little... Oh, icy okay. Pole a natural icy pole. You know, it's so easy to make, you know, your own icy poles. That's really They taste easy. better too, yeah, actually. Buy yeah. a bottle of juice, pour it into a container, put in freezer with paddle spot. That's it. That's it. It's easy <laughs> so as that. I, I like to, uh, I think life should be good. Mm. I think it should be fun. And I really believe that the most fun you have is living in a body that works. A lot of parents listen to this show. Fizzy drinks. I've got a real bee in my bonnet about fizzy yeah. drinks. Tell me, what's your view on those? Well, you're, when you stop the sugar and stop the fizzy drinks, you won't be spending so much money at the dentist. And I haven't met anyone that likes the dentist, so that's a good drawing card. But it also causes a breaking down of the bones all through the body. And so a lot of young people's bones are deteriorating with all of these things instead of strengthening because as the bones grow, that's the strengthening time to take you right through your life. Do you think some of these refined sugars, which are included in the fizzy drinks and other products Mm. like that, 
Do they affect children's behaviour too? How much of um, oh, absolutely. the link is there? Yeah. Absolutely. Just just watch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now some children react violently, some people some children mildly, some hardly at all. But mm. even if a child doesn't react to it, it is still causing a deterioration of their adrenal glands and their pancreas. Mm. So a viable option can be some dark grape juice and some mineral water. Now I advocate drinking water, but it's nice to have a little treat sometimes maybe at a party or something like that Mm. but I have 13 grandchildren and my daughters take great delight in having kids parties with all healthy stuff Mm. and they've got a few friends that all do the same and it can still be fun a lot of fun okay a lot of fun (laughs) I, I am amazed by how many parents um who struggle, you know, they have all the best of intentions. I'm not saying they don't, but they struggle with a child's behaviour. And before all natural options have been explored properly, that child will end up on some form of medication. Whereas at the very least, a trial of a different diet should be the first port of call, surely. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It's, um, I say to parents, give it six weeks. Just give it a six-week trial because it can sometimes take two or three weeks for the... And that child will rebel for the first little while as oh, well. Yeah, They're not going to want to no, um, give up all these lovely foods in their and eyes. That, that brings me to the next one, caffeine. Okay, caffeine. Caffeine and sugar are both highly addictive drugs. Mm. And so when a child is stopped of that, there will be um, a little bit of bad behaviour for a while. But I say to parents, just put the child out on the veranda and, you know, just say to the child, you can come in when you're happy. You don't have to have them next to you the whole time. Mm. And there will be a little bit of that. But eventually the withdrawals will subside. Eventually they'll get hungry enough to eat the good food. You're always very pleasant and you always smile at your child. But... It's uh, only fruit for breakfast. Sorry, sweetheart. I forgot to buy the (laughs) Cocoa Pops. (laughs) Tough love, exactly. Tell me about yourself, Barbara. You you clearly uh, believe in the work you do, and I know that people who work in your field, you never stop studying, you never stop gaining knowledge. Tell me about the work you do. My husband and I have a health retreat an hour west of Kempsey, and people come and stay with us for a week, and uh, they put them through a couple of days of detox. I do about 14 hours of lectures in the week. I I like to see myself as a teacher, Mm. and I love teaching people how to be their own doctors. So I like to think that when people leave us, they're... They've got enough skills to be able to be their doctor, to look after their body. Mm. And I teach them how to interpret different aches and pains and signs because really they are the body just talking to us. And when they leave, they feel so good. We just had a lady come back, uh, I think, two weeks ago, and I said, what is your reason for coming? She said, I have never felt as good as I felt after I left you last time. A couple of days to get the effects of the alcohol and the caffeine and the sugars out. Very nourishing food to build the body up and... They go home jumping out of their skin. And, so, uh, and armed with a tool belt of common sense, really. That's right. Of and common sense. So I say, I hope I never see you again, but of course I'd like to see you again. <laughs> but can you see my aim that... that um, you that, want them to do it for themselves. That so. they leave knowing now what to do for their bodies. Mm. We even have a lecture there on how to make a 
grated potato poultice for a sprained ankle or a charcoal poultice for a bee sting. So even enough tools to be able to handle little hiccups at the home. That sounds fantastic. Barbara, listen, I I think that the way I've come to see this after talking to lots of people like yourself is we only have one life and it's too short to to spend it feeling sluggish or achy or just a little bit under the weather. And how many of us feel like that all the time? Wouldn't it be nice to live every day where you jump out of bed feeling vibrant and ready to go and that's what you're talking to us about tonight it it is and I say to people when you wake up in the morning you should leap out of bed now whenever I say that the whole audience cracks up laughing they laugh because Mm. it's if as if as if but it should be but it is possible age has got nothing to do with this you're never too old to make changes to your diet for a start are you that's right Barbara thanks for your time tonight it's been a pleasure thank you